0: Welcome to the Double Deuce Podcast, an amazing show that lasts only 22 minutes and is for you, the listener. So soak it up. So here are your two big beer hosts, Will Averill and Nelson. Hey, Will, hit the timer. And we're in. It's Double Deuce. Double Deuce.
1: Double Deuce. Live from Lawrence, Kansas. With special guest Jason geezer
2: when, when you're on when you're on the internet, it feels live, but it's not it's not live.
1: Well, I mean, it's live in that we are all three alive.
2: It's true. It will come out, you know, the same day ish, as opposed to those pesky ones that we record a week in advance. Yeah, we don't have to think about the future. We can live in the now, Kizer. Yeah. Live in the now.
1: How are you today, Jason geezer I'm
0: doing pretty good. I'm I'm excited about the fact that. This will come out when I'm pretty sure I will still be alive, unlike future uh,
2: future releases where, who knows? There, no, there are no guarantees. For a, for a decade, who knows when that one comes out? Yeah. If it comes yeah. out. Maybe someone um, finds my computer in, in, a, in a pile of rubble years from now and is somehow able to make it work and get get those files. I intend on having a little USB drive in the front of my tombstone Mm-hmm. Uh, where you just
0: basically put in, you know, the the little the little uh, flash drive, and you get yourself some deuce. Wow, that's not a bad wow.
2: idea.
1: Yeah, I think we should really think about that um, marketing to graveyards.
2: Yeah, tombstone flash drives. We're gonna look into it. We're gonna look. Yeah, into I think it. you can get pretty cheap ones through um,
0: through those marketing companies that will put your name on anything so mm-hmm. i want to get one of those
1: natural tombstone flash drives where they convert it to a park after 100 years mm-hmm. and and then people can just go and like stick their
2: junk in a bush and they'll get the same experience mm-hmm. i want i want mine to just be like a jedi holocron where it's just like a, a, just a hologram of me telling stories that would be awesome, and I think of you giving
1: like life advice too. So you could be like, "Hey, Nelson, I'm not feeling great about this. What should I do?" And then you pop up and are like, "Try Applebee's,
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, or something." I mean, one of your other million funny things that you that you say. That's that true. I can't That's think just of. one of many. Yeah. Yeah, myriad. Um, actually, it's really, really exciting. We have the, the current and the former comedy mayors of Lawrence from Massell's mayor of Lawrence competition tonight. Um, yeah. Both Keeser and,
0: and Nelson. We
2: represent like a massive block of, of comedy political power. Like it's That's been true. years since one of us was not the mayor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are a dynasty. We have the a nice hold.
1: <laughs> unlike that. the city commission, you can be seen in the same place at the same time
2: it's true there's Uh, no rules well because we're we're also never serving at the same time so
0: Mm -hmm. yeah that wouldn't actually that would create a a comedy paradox Mm -hmm. and we're just not prepared to we have not made proper funeral arrangements vis-a-vis um usb technology and holocron bushes is that what we were talking about
2: yes i also feel like it's i I like to think of it like the old u.s days where it's like the you know the runner-up is the vice mayor
0: I like, like to think that one of too. Guys
2: because, in office, like you need a clear secession plan. Yeah, that's true.
0: And I like con- to consider myself the vice mayor primarily because I dress in uh, loafers with no socks, and I wear a lot of turquoise with um, white
2: blazers over it. Man, the, I understand that it's that the socks will be hot. It's Miami, but I feel like just like sweating up in some loafers couldn't have been a good time in See, Miami. I, now you sound like uh
0: the manager of the iga that i used to work at yeah when I, in ninth grade so wow wow that is like a sick old school burn right
1: there <laughs> manager of an iga in Dodge city well, don't stocks was
2: his hands fast enough so apparently, stocks yeah. or you need to speed up them cans one of the yeah. other. It was an ultimatum
0: and I just could not get those cans out any faster. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people don't
1: know this because he doesn't talk about his fame, but Jason Kieser was actually a reenactor at boot Hill in Dodge city for a long time. And I, uh, specifically asked you here on the podcast, which we've had booked for months, um, to to kind of talk about that. And I, I feel like you should give us a dramatic um, sort of reading or some some of your dialogue from from that
0: that time period. Right. Uh, were you a desperado? Were you were you a good guy or a bad guy? Well, it would depend on who showed up in the dressing room first. That was primarily how most decisions were made. Right. right. So at uh, nine o'clock, when you've got um, sixteen and seventeen year olds waking up uh from the night before uh rolling in um yeah it was basically the good guy was going to be uh the, whoever got there first and then the, that was left with the bad guy
1: Pulling um, the and 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 were there advantages to being i mean other than getting shot the advantages to being the the good guy or
0: i mean the bad guy obviously gets shot advantages to being the good guy um on the so we had gunfights on the hour. So in the early mornings, in the earlier parts of the day, if you got to be shot first, that just means that you got to take a little nap there in, in the middle of
2: the the dirt track. Yeah. Were <laughs> there stakes? Did the bad guys win sometimes? Uh we've like we went... in a Ren fair where it kind of depends on how the audience is feeling. Well, so it is similar to
0: that because if you had the bad guy win earlier in the day, then you had to have that guy come back throughout the day and eventually he did have to meet his due reward okay oh shit did he ever get a redemption arc was there ever like a a bad guy
1: early on in the day but it was during his drinking days and he killed a child in the street on accident and he regretted it his whole life so he wouldn't became a rancher but they knew he was a great sheriff so they pulled him back in to take on the most fearsome outlaw in town he said "I, i swore i'd never pick up a gun again uh but then the outlaw killed his wife and then he's like well Now I'm going to have to go back to my bad ways. So then he goes back to the saloon and he gets drunk and then he then he shoots the even badder guy. But then maybe the the kid shoots him at the end, like sort of like on the wire. Uh,
0: Yes. Yeah, that was uh, at the beginning of the day, he'd be called Black Zeke. And then by the end of the day, he's he's called uh, Gandalf Gandalf the White.
2: Did you ever like see like just try to do like a long plot like did you ever try to do like the, the plot of Unforgiven over like a week where like you got the real bad outlaw who then like settles down and becomes a farmer for a while but then the farming's a little tough and he goes for one last job and his friend gets killed so he has to murder a lot of people. We would but we would uh, perform it like uh, Pulp Fiction so it was all out of order. Oh, uh
0: yeah yeah this is right around the time that tarantino was was really taking prominence, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we try to uh to give give the crowds what they want unfortunately um and this may surprise you dodge city not necessarily um right there on on the cusp of relevance when it came yeah. to popular culture so did you ever
1: take Shakespearean plots and and adapt them into sort of cowboy operas uh, of violence and love, like like Romeo and Juliet as a
0: cowboy opera? Uh, yes, but we wanted to stay current and uh, relevant uh, at the time, so we would uh, drop in phrases like "I'm going to Capulet in the ass." We lost a lot of uh, of the the more staunch. Um, You know, there for the Western experience (laughs) (laughs) during that. Nelson, did you hear that? I'm going to capulet
1: in the ass. That one tickled me. (laughs) Because the Capulets are the family, and the Montagues are the other family, and Romeo and Juliet.
2: Which one's the werewolves and which one's the vampires?
1: Uh, Obviously, Capulets are werewolves, Mm -hmm. and the Montagues are vampires. Everybody knows that. Otherwise, the balcony scene would take place uh, on a full moon.
0: Yeah, he's
2: he's he's kind of got you there, Nelson. I mean, I was, now this I might, might be more interesting. I was asking. Um, he was. I, I'm unfamiliar with what you're what you're talking about. So I'm just trying to get the information. Well,
1: werewolves uh, turn into wolves when it's a full moon.
2: Okay. What's a
1: vampire do again? Uh, they're the ones. They're they the ones run, who
2: transform into planes. Are the ones who transform into cars.
1: They're the ones that transform them into planes, and if they go less than sixty miles an hour, they explode. That's hard for planes to do. It really is. It really is. It's a constant juggling act. They multitask vampires. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's why you don't see many of them as office managers.
2: Yeah. Okay. Well, I yep. think I understand the plot of this Dodge City reenactment now. <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, Keiser, do you ever think about giving
1: it all up, your Lawrence life, and returning with your guns in in your holsters to dodge and re- retaking the mantle of, of a full-time
0: reenactor? It's crossed my mind, and it is nice to have that. I, I, I'm surprised at the amount of confidence that affords me in any given situation in which I know that no matter what happens, I can go forward boldly knowing that I've always got that backup plan. Is it like the music scene in Lawrence in the 90s? Are there like
1: aging, like reenactors who are still in town going, man, I'm just trying to get that one sweet gig and uh, I'm going to go reenact in Branson or I'm going to go reenact in in, uh, in an Ang Lee movie and I'm going I'm to be famous I'm gonna be a famous reenactor.
0: You um, you ask that as though you don't already know the answer. Is absolutely <laughs> there are most of them live in most of them live in Wichita and will travel to Dodge City uh, during Dodge City days, in which there is a reenactment of a train robbery, which really ups the stakes right there
2: in the <laughs> middle of town. Hundred percent true. Where does Do you, Dodge City days occur occur vis a vis a thon Uh
0: well, we know that, um, much like, uh, basically it's three days before Toy- Toyotathon okay. all city days happens. Dodge yeah. city days is when, um, the, the Dodge city, city days is
2: the fat Tuesday of Toyotathon. Yeah.
0: Yep. Okay. That's correct.
2: Um, okay.
0: Yep. Which is why there's a parade and, mm-hmm. uh, why there are pictures of me out there, um, flashing my duster for beads.
1: Yep. So listen, listen, I don't want to dwell on this one thing for too long, but I've got I've got one more question that I have to ask before we move on. Um, Does that mean that, you know, enough like train robbing reenactors that we could go and rob the Baldwin mystery train like halfway through one of their mystery shows? Like, wouldn't that be awesome if they're like people are there for a mystery show, which, you know, they're loaded for cash when they're there for a mystery show Mm -hmm. because they got to pay for drinks. They got to pay for popcorn for the kids. Right. And then we just roll up and we rob the train and then we take all that money and then we tell the reenactors, shit, guys, this is real. You're criminals now. And they
2: run off and we get to keep the pot. What do you think? That would that work? And they're the ones who are like you know famous, like robbing reenactors, so they're the ones the police will go to. And we gave yeah. them fake names, yeah. Let me give you some good news right here now
0: to your answer to answer your question. Absolutely, I've got all of the prerequisite knowledge and experience to make that happen. And two, I've done enough of those Baldwin mystery train shows to have the inside information to make sure this goes off Ocean's Eleven style. This is, a, this is a heist, my friends. We are planning a heist.
1: Listeners, you are now an accessory after the fact. <laughs> you can't tell anybody
0: or we'll implicate you. The only thing I, I request within all of this is that if the final stop of this train, once we hijack it, is Applebee's. Because I need this episode to somehow involve Applebee's. Speaking
1: of, it's over to our commercial for today. Applebee's. Nelson, take it away.
2: Yeah. Um, Applebee's. What do you say about Applebee's? I mean, you know, we've known each other a while now. We got into some crazy shit when we were young but I feel like, you know, he's really calmed down. And I feel like this this, this relationship is a big part of it. And so, everybody, let's have a toast to Applebee's and to Elizabeth and the happy couple.
1: That was beautiful, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wish I, I was there. I wish I'd have made you best man at both my weddings. Well, I don't know you as well as I know Applebee's.
2: It would have been harder to come up yeah. with.
1: Yeah. That's true, but that would have been better than the toast that, that Matt Gauss gave. Actually, I didn't hear the toast that Matt Gauss gave because my, my wife had passed out and we were back at our house trying to figure out why she
0: kept passing out. Because she meant to do that before it was legally binding. Yeah,
1: Boy, boy, the problem was it was legally binding in February and the wedding was in June, so she missed the boat on that. We're not married anymore, so I don't feel bad talking about this for that reason. <laughs> there are a whole other, a bunch of other reasons that sort of awkward. Um, but yeah, that's, that's Applebee's by the ribs,
0: or if you ribs mean, are too much, you to. the. What is a riblet? I, I did a lot of uh, a lot of googling for for recent projects, and I'm curious if you can give me a an operational definition of a
2: riblet. Um, I don't know. They're kind of like ribs, but they're one, they're small. Two, they're not like long bony as much as they're weird, like like a weird. I don't know where where they where they find a riblet. I don't know if it's like somewhere in the shoulder or something, or if it's like like a Are meat. you saying cows have shoulder ribs? I don't know, man. I'm not a butcher, nor am I a biologist, nor am I a ribologist. Um all I know is I've eaten riblets a handful of times in my life um a long time ago. And uh the way I remember them is like they're weirdly constructed in a way that's not entirely similar to ribs. Um they like pull apart in weird ways, but they're kind of they taste like ribs, but you know, like, you know, they're, they're kind of middle of the road, um, small ribs They're I don't know. They're weird, man. They, I don't, for all I know they make them in like a weird Dr. Moreau lab and they're actually like from giant bats.
0: Now I'm imagining, and
2: I'm going to use the
0: word animal here pretty loosely. That's all ribs. Like every appendage
2: is a rib or somehow has ribs, it's like in a it? giant worm of ribs. I, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I think I mean I think you were on the right track. Um, like the the Applebee's Labs are a house of horrors. Are we surprised that Applebee's is probably on the decline?
0: No. Are they Are they still your sponsor? I mean, well, yes. I mean, and no.
2: Yeah,
1: I mean they they are our sponsor in that we uh, vociferously talk about them in every episode we're,
2: we're currently blackmailing
1: them yeah we're blackmailing them but it's a long con that's yeah. they haven't realized
2: it yet but actually eventually, they're the ones who are getting all the, the real money because of the free advertising yeah. I'm trying to friend the right people on LinkedIn
0: like as we speak yeah. no what you guys are describing is exactly the plot of uh, a six month gunfight arc that we did back in 1996 mm-hmm Oh,
1: was that the, oh, that was, that was strange things are in front of the sirloin stockade arc. Wasn't it? That was, I, you know, I, my grandma caught like four episodes. Loved it. Loved it. we, We were really hitting our stride. She always told me about the sirloin stockade and how you guys kept talking about it, but they wouldn't, wouldn't promote you. And then, then it just
0: blew up. Well, Dodge. let me tell you, that sirloin stockade became a Montana Mikes, and we all know what happened to them, so... Now, guess, did all Montana Mikes die?
1: This is a real important question, like an actual question Were there more here. than
2: one? Were they, were they like a chain? I don't
1: know. That's what I... I mean, that's actually that's probably the first question. Were there more than one? And second of all, did they all go under when
0: the one in Lawrence went under? Montana Mikes uh, were all cloned, um, which gotcha. is why you had more than one Montana Mike, uh, and... Right um unfortunately they, they were from all- montana no 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 not from not from no montana montana they were from montana he moved Hill. to montana yeah. i just
2: i'm a little disappointed like because the bushes Bush pretend to be from texas sometimes
1: <laughs> I, i'm a little disappointed because i i can't there's nowhere in lawrence kansas and i think we should talk about lawrence Restaurants next time because we haven't done that in a while and we need to kind of address some of the new places. But I'm a little bit disappointed that um, I now cannot get a salad in a dog bowl. Now that my Montana Mike's has gone out of business, did you did you ever get a salad at Montana Mike's? They were served in a metal, literally a metal dog bowl. It it, it was it was the most amazing. Uh, audacious thing i've I've ever had, and did it make did it, did it affect the taste? I don't know. It was a bad salad. was it a bad salad because it was in a dog bowl, or would it have been a bad salad in any other bowl? I think it would have been a bad salad anywhere by any standard, but it was particularly demeaning because it was in a dog bowl. Their buns, on the other hand, were nice and warm, and I enjoyed
0: them. I would expect the latter as well as the former from a place called Montana mice,
1: yeah, I just think Mike. Mike didn't know his wine, and he didn't know his salad. And to my mind, those are two key accessories to a steak dinner. And uh, therefore, uh, he got chopped. I've been watching a lot of Chopped.
2: Yeah, I like Chopped. I don't like it as much as a guy's grocery games, but I like Chopped.
1: Why is Guy very so compelling? It's like you can't hate him. He's just... He's just too
2: lovable.
0: He's, and he's, 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 he's a, everything I he's everything I should hate. Nymph.
2: He's like I think a little it's, nymph. Of difficult, yeah, I of think difficult it's, cooking
0: competitions. It's the same principle as Smash Mouth.
1: Yeah. But yeah, exactly. Because he represents all the gross things that I hate about America, but I'm still uh, I'm still drawn to him. I want him to approve of me. Like if we met, I would I would really look to his approval as being more more important than it than it ever could be, you know? Mm-hmm. I would want guy to like me. I would want him to taste my like do the side chipmunk bite of my burger and be like, We're in flavor town now, Willie. Do you think do you think he'd say that? Do you think you were you're up to snuff? I mean, my burgers are not my strongest thing. I would say pancakes. He'd be in Flavor Town. My burgers, he'd he'd be in like he'd be in like Tasty Village. You know,
2: like maybe. What are you, what are you doing with those pancakes? What do you bring? What are you bringing to the table? It's gonna. You know what I bring to the stuff? table?
1: Extra milk. I add a bunch of milk, so they're more like crepes. So you get that sweet flatter experience, mm-hmm. but still round. And and you can uh, and you can throw a little cinnamon sugar and butter on there. Uh, oh, it's the best. It's the best. Or you can roll up sausages and do the actual pigs in a blanket. They're calling anything pigs in a blanket these days. But the actual pigs in a blanket, that's pancakes, little sausage links rolled up in pancakes. And those are
0: good. Well, I want you to uh, to know one thing, yeah. which is you don't need Guy Fieri to tell you that you're in Flavortown right now. You just need to look at yourself in the mirror and you need to tell yourself that you're in Flavortown
2: I mean, everybody determines their own flavor town, but at the same time, Guy Fieri's flavor town is universal. So if he tells you you're in flavor town, then even if you were kind of doubting it, you are. Like you, you, his flavor town is is a is a walking flavor town that follows him around. Like uh, like it's the opposite of those guys who have like the the storm cloud hanging where it's just raining on them, and it's like following around. He's just got like uh, he's always down on Main Street in Flavor Town.
0: And that's because he found the Flavortown within Guy Fieri, and you need to find the flavor town within yourself. And
1: that's your uplifting summary thought today from Double Deuce, your friends who give you all the straight scoop on Flavortown, Applebee's, and Boot Hill in Dodge City. Visit Dodge City. We've got one voting booth. The sorry, I should have let you do the closer on Don City, Keeser. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I think thank you. Uh, you summed it up nicely. Okay. Okay. Oh, do you want to shoot me for old time's sake? Because I said a uh, bad thing about Don um, City. Okay. So,
0: uh, so you need to um, you need to storm out of the Long Branch Saloon. So okay, just storm, okay. Uh,
1: hey, I'm in here in Long Branch Saloon in Don City, Don City, where you got one voting booth.
0: Hey, you. Where you think you're going? You done cheated, cheated at voter
1: rights. I'm going to Flavor Town. You're going to hell.
2: <laughs> Bang. Ah. Well, that was harrowing. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the most
1: exciting ending we've ever had.
2: Yeah. Double deuce. It was so exciting. You know, we 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 didn't even talk about basketball.
1: Oh shit, we need to do that this week. Four days that I didn't
2: think about basketball. By
1: next week, we're going to (laughs) be too late. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the final four quarter that wasn't. (laughs) Double deuce. This has been Double Deuce Podcast. If you thought the intro sounded bad, this outro sounds even worse.